Previously on Sanctuary in downtown Seattle. That was the morning that Jose had come into Sanctuary at the church. What I remember most about that day was the, the feeling of satisfaction that whatever was unfolding, it felt like we were doing the right thing. I mean, I would like people to be more aware, you know. Um, they read stuff or they hear stuff and they believe it and they've never talked to an asylum seeker. They've never talked to a refugee. They don't know what that life is like, what, how much they struggle. Well, talking about the wall is, is economic um, discrimination, actually, because a significant percentage of the people who are undocumented in the United States come in with a visa. They come in by air and they overstay their, their tourist visa. Week by week, we're telling this story of sanctuary in downtown Seattle through the voices of the people involved. On this episode, we check in with Jose's oldest daughters, Brenda and Yuritzi. But first, I wanted to share an experience with you. Probably already heard that another person has been received into sanctuary, this time at St. Mark's Episcopal Cathedral in Seattle. Good morning and welcome to St. Mark's Cathedral. We are glad that you're here on this important occasion. Two years ago, as the Church Council called on us as part of to serve as part of the sanctuary network, we responded with firm resolve to do so. In recent days, when St. Mark's was called upon to serve in that sanctuary network in a specific way, informed by those values, we said yes. We will. We said yes. For such a time as this, we said yes. And so we welcomed Jaime and his family into this community. They are not strangers to us. They are a part of our family. I know, Jaime, this has been a journey to arrive to this day. There have been many supporters and people ready to stand with you and to fight with you. We will fight for you until justice is done and that you can be at home and live in peace and security to continue your lives and live unafraid. We thank you, we applaud you, we are with you. After the announcement, a few church leaders were made available to the press for questions. And I found this exchange to be particularly interesting. I can remember a day when, you know, if you were married to a U.S. citizen, it wasn't that difficult to then get your own citizenship. Or if you had a child here, I have a very good personal friend whose father came from Chile, his mother gave birth to him here, they're all citizens. Yeah, it, it, yeah it's got so much more. Let's name again that Jaime's wife is a U.S. citizen, Jaime's son is a U.S. citizen. I always assumed that being married to a citizen would automatically grant you some kind of status. But uh, 
As we explore sanctuary and the situations we put families in, I'm quickly learning that I had a lot of false assumptions. Uh, That and the general narrative I continue to see as a serious lack of reality. Hopefully we'll be able to chat with some of the people involved at St. Mark's soon. So let's check in with Brenda and Yuritsi. Thank you, Brenda and Yuritsi, for taking time to chat with us. Of course, yeah. I'm curious about what's changed for you since the last time we talked. Ooh, um, everything has changed. Um, I feel like at the beginning when we talked to you, we were very insecure about the case that was going on with my dad and everything, and we knew he was going to be secure here. But there was still that insecurity. And now we're just more comfortable because everyone here has been so supportive. And we see that his case is advancing. We don't know exactly all the details, but it seems to be headed a good way. So I guess there's that. So there's a a little more hope there. Yes. I guess there is more hope than before, yeah. Because we were expecting to only be with him for a couple more days. And, I mean, yeah, it's hard that he's in here, but at least we get to come visit him whenever we want. We get to come have dinner with him. We get to talk to him in person, so. We get to spend the night every now and then. Whenever we can, so. Something that has surprised me is how hard it is to get people to stop and consider uh, what they would do in someone else's situation. Mm. It's probably just easier to hide behind a narrative that fits your own preconceived ideas than it is to uh, walk a mile in someone else's shoes, as they say. It's easy to say, like you were saying, it's easy to say they were wrong because they broke this law, they came here illegally, and because of that, they deserve to go back. But once you get to know those people's stories it's like maybe they did break the law but that was their only option they broke the law because they had to so yes it was wrong but that was the only way and that's something that you can only know by learning their story not just judging by what you think is wrong or right because sometimes doing the wrong thing is the only right thing to do Yeah, like at the beginning when this whole thing started, when my dad came into sanctuary, we were receiving a lot of like bad, I mean, not bad comments, but people feeling certain ways about my dad's case. And it would get me so mad because I wish I could just sit down and explain to them all like my dad's story, explain to them what he's been through, what he has done for to be here for us and not only us other people that strangers um i wish i could just let everybody know my dad's story so that they know what kind of person he is and that he deserves to be here as much as everybody else does and also because of those comments that we kept getting at the beginning it's like people kept telling us well your dad broke the law he deserves to be in the place where he where he is and Yes, like she said, we wanted to tell tell them his story. But honestly, at this point, I feel like not everyone deserves to know his story. <clears throat> People who know it is because they're doing something for him. 
and they actually care about it. And that's only the only people that need to know his story. Those supporting mm-hmm. us and wanting to actually comprehend the story behind everything. All the other ones, I don't really worry about it anymore. Because you can explain to people, but not everyone's going to understand. That's another thing that changed. Yeah. We kind of just pushed the bad away and focused on all the people that are helping us and sharing our story, letting them get to know us. I think we're doing a lot better keeping all those comments just, yeah, just away from us. ignoring the negativity that comes from people. Mm-hmm. And just focusing on the positive that everyone around us provides to us. It's an amazing feeling to have all this yeah. positivity around us. It really feels like the vocal minority, both good and bad, are the only ones who speak. I'm probably naive, but I really hope to uh, connect with people who don't necessarily have an opinion yet. Uh, I guess, though, if they cared to get involved, they would have already, right? Yeah. But yeah, and I agree, but I also think it's very hard because, like you said, most of them don't care to know. And if they don't care, then we can't. I don't feel like there is a lot that we can do to make them care. They either care or don't. And most of them don't. A lot of people don't. Yeah. That's got to be frustrating. Um, <clears throat> at the beginning, it was because. Like we mentioned, we were really just trying to make people know. And at this point, it's like we put our story out there and we let people decide whether they care or not. And we've had a lot of great responses of people that do care. Yeah, because it is frustrating because we see my dad from like this point of view, like he's a great man, but not everybody sees him like that. And it's frustrating because he is a great man and everybody who's got to know him like knows that he is. So it is frustrating when people talk, I guess, bad about him because of the choices he made, I guess. But... If they would take a little time to just at least listen to part of his story, I'm pretty sure that they would feel at least something. They would understand they would care. a little more. Yeah. yeah. Like you said earlier, sometimes doing the wrong thing is the only right thing to do. Yeah. Yes. You gotta put that on a t-shirt. That's a great quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> but it's, it's very too. true. It's true, yeah, because... I know I've said this many times before, but my dad coming here provided us with so many opportunities that we wouldn't have otherwise. And we're so thankful for that. Um, we're, we're, we were able to have a good life here because of my dad. Um, to be honest, if we had stayed back home, I don't know what where we would be right now, what kind of life we would have because I'm pretty sure we probably wouldn't have finished school and the place where we come from is really dangerous. So I can't even tell you that we would still be here in this world if it hadn't been because my dad risked his life to come here and give us more opportunities. And I would do that for my family too. And I'm pretty sure people would do that for their families too. 
because being here, we get to make our own choices. Mm -hmm. Being over there, our choices would have been made for us. And I like making my own choices, so I'm very <laughs> thankful for my dad for taking that hard step that he did because I know it couldn't have been something easy to leave us behind and come to some another state, I mean, another country where he had no idea what it was going to be like, but he took that risk for us, and we're very thankful for that. I feel like the thing people said to us the most was, your dad took the easy way and came here illegally instead of um, applying and coming here legally. When coming here illegally was one of the hardest things anyone could ever do because they're not just getting here easily. They have to risk their lives and leave their family behind, leave their country behind, just leave everything they know to come to a place where it's completely unknown and they're not even wanted here but they make those risks for their family so it's not easy and people just assume because oh they don't want to wait for their legal ways to come here and it's not that at all yeah and i would assume that there are a lot of unique challenges to this it's not like everything becomes easy all of a sudden i'm just gonna have a great life yeah. no there's so many so many barriers that even being here already, having a life here, we still have to jump through hoops and take down people's walls and fight all these obstacles that are put in front of us just simply because we're not citizens. And that's something people don't understand because they're like, they, for something I hear a lot is you guys are here to take advantage of the system and the people who actually pay I mean, we pay taxes too. Not that that matters at this point, right? Because nobody cares anymore. But it's not as easy as people think. But they assume just because it was illegal, it was the easy way. Let's, let's talk about sanctuary. What's been the most challenging part? Not having my dad home. Home, right. I sure. think for me, um, at the beginning, I would avoid coming over because it was very hard to leave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know how we're going to say bye today either because yeah. my dad's like, why don't you guys just sleep over? Like, he just constantly wants to have us here. But obviously, we have other stuff going on that we have to take care of. And every time I leave here, I end up feeling multiple emotions. It's anger, it's sadness, it's frustration because... He's Deal. just 40 minutes away from us. Yeah. You can very obviously see his face full of sadness because he wants to walk out that door and go home with us too. And not being able to and having to say bye to us, it's it's hard. That's, that, that's definitely one of the hardest things about it. And another thing is, I have a three-year-old daughter who has no idea what's going on. So the fact that her grandpa all of a sudden left home and is now living in a church, um, the first couple of time, nights she would cry because she wanted to take them home, but we couldn't, so we would take her crying and kicking. She was like, I want to take grandpa. Where it's like, you can't explain to a three-year-old like, hey, grandpa has to stay behind because he might get deported if he doesn't. Like, you can't explain that. Are you still feeling hopeful? 
Um, I think yeah. a little bit more. I mean, it's still not like a big hope that we have, but it's a little bit more than we had at the beginning. I. Well, I mean, yeah, I feel like we have a little more hope, but at least personally, I'm just that negative person that always has to be realistic. <laughs> um, so I can't really enjoy the hope that I do have. Like there's little moments where I just let hope take over and I'm like, yeah, this, this, this is just gonna work out. Like it's gonna be fine. But then there's other times when you start thinking in reality, this thing could happen. Like these, all these different scenarios are very likely to happen. And then your mind starts drifting into that no matter what, no matter how hopeful or positive you try to be. I guess it's more we're trying to be hopeful for my dad's sake because he, at times there is where he's like, I don't think this is gonna go good. So it's kind of up to us to be like, oh no, yeah, this could happen, this could happen, you have this option, you have this. So I guess kind of for us, hope is what's kind of keeping us together because if there wasn't any hope, it would be mostly anger and frustration I, and sadness. <laughs> those are our emotions. Yeah. Frustration, anger, and sadness. But a little bit of hope for my dad's sake. All right, that's it for this week. We're getting ready to record some new interviews, and I'm curious if any of you have any questions. If you visit SanctuaryDowntownSeattle.com and click on the Podcast tab, you'll find a form to submit your questions at the bottom of that page. Again, visit www.SanctuaryDowntownSeattle.com and click on the Podcast page. Sanctuary in Downtown Seattle is produced by Seekers Northwest, along with the Church Council of Greater Seattle.